Mon ami, Hercule Poirot is on the scene. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another round of the Mere Mortals book reviews. My name is Kyron, and I do these reviews for those who want to transcend beyond their own mere mortality to look deeper into the lives of books, the characters, the fascinating things that are all going on within them. You can tell from my crappy French accent that today we do have something a little bit French, but it's also mixed with English, so I think this is going to be a good one. It is Agatha Christie's Peril at End House. This book was published in 1932, and it's about 200 pages in length, so it won't take you very long to get through. And it's a classic whodunit crime story that will leave you guessing until the very end. So there's constantly new information coming in, very unpredictable. You're not sure what this character's motives are and who will be doing or saying what next. We start off with Nick Buckley, i.e. Magdala. So this is a, a young girl who has very three close calls with death. And these accidents aren't as accidental as they seem when her cousin Maggie, who comes and visits her, is accidentally killed in her place. So it's a very mysterious circumstances and the, the plot then thickens when we realize like, oh, okay, these weren't accidents. Uh, our main man on the scene, Hercule Poirot, and his trusty sidekick Hastings are, are there in this small village resort town in England and they are somewhat dragged into this mystery and this crime to help solve it. And so we then go from there and there's eventually these interacting characters and Poirot, who's the main detective, starts creating a list and there's about 10 individual suspects or people of interest and many weaving interlocking stories that fit in right at the very end when you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense, that that makes sense. But there's all these different motives and so you're really unsure and you, it's very hard to pick down who was doing what and why they did what. Touching upon the author Agatha Christie before we move on to the themes, she was born in 1890 and died in 1976. So this book was published when she was 42 years old, which I believe would be around the middle period of her writing career. So she had had a lot of practice beforehand of, of writing these these types of whodunit crime stories, detective stories. And so the book is very polished. You can see that it's <laughs> it's not an earlier work of hers. She is the best-selling fiction author of all time and I believe also the most individual translator author of all time. Her book sales, I believe, were in the $2 billion plus range. So, very, very, very popular lady. She has created, and we see one of the characters in here, uh, Hercule Poirot, who was, I believe, her most famous character of, of the bunch, uh, but also other characters such as Miss Marple. And when you're such a high-selling author, the it goes beyond books as well. So I believe plays were created. I definitely know TV shows were created because I used to watch some movies, all sorts of things. So her book expansion has, has gone far and wide across the world. Now, normally I go into the themes here, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit today and say, why whodunits? What makes them special? Why was Agatha Christie one of the best-selling authors of all time? And I'll start at this with explaining why I'm not going to choose particular themes and focus on this. And this is because 
the particular focus could be on a lot of things. So it could be on liars, manipulation, uh, undoing false first impressions, the complexity of human motives and nature. So all of these are contained within this book. And then you can add some stuff related to classes and different types of people and how uh, drugs even can affect people. And there's so many different things, but I don't feel that's the core of the story. The core of the story is it's a whodunit and it's this type of book. It's a genre, which is what makes it special. Now, even though we're talking about a genre here, the whodunits, the crime stories, the detective stories, so not only think of Hercule Poirot, Miss Marple, but people like Sherlock Holmes, obviously, Arthur Conan Doyle, and even Inspector Morse, you could say. The genre is expansive, so you can have lots of different things. So I'll list a couple of things that change almost within each individual book. So you can have different ages of people, emotions, the number of people, the motives of these people, the different scenery, the time error, all of this variety, I guess. And that's almost what you need to have. You need to have an expansive variety, a selection of things and plots and motives and weavings to have be able to sell you know not create not only create 90 plus books but sell billions of books and that's not just talking about agatha christie but the whole genre it's got to have variety otherwise it'll get stale and it'll get boring so even though you can say oh the whodunits are like this they do still have a lot of different things within them and this is when individual authors can shine and create uh, even particular works that are are more well-renowned than others because there is a lot of leeway now, that being said, the whodunits do still have a, a core element to it. And for me, I feel it's the, the problem-solving aspect. So this is enough details are given before the final, the finale of the culmination. So this is when we usually have everyone packed into a room, all the suspects of interest, and then it's like rapid fire solving and untangling of twisted plot lines and this person did this but they didn't have this information which is why they acted this way that sort of whole genre well there's a definitely an end point where it's just before the final scene you can get everyone together and you can solve the mystery essentially it's a i would say it's the eq so we have iq eq is the emotional intelligence version of algebra so instead of sitting down writing numbers and creating things and you know finally getting the answer which makes perfect sense i would say this is the the version of that for people who really love human interactions the complexity that comes with that and whatnot so once again there is a genre there is definitely a you know usual couple of things and i could also add having the detective maybe having the sidekick having at least multiple characters obviously a crime needs to be committed or the appearance of a crime so all of these different things uh, which drive the story forward but then when you're actually in the story it can be a multiple of things you can include ghosts if you want you can uh, scary haunted houses you can have all sorts of different things there so there is somewhat of a template so i've already talked about the detective the narrator sidekick so this is usually told from the narrator's point of view and looking at the fabulous Hercule Poirot but you can also see his human side with his conceit with his almost arrogance and his high thinking of himself and is shocked when people don't recognize his name for example but there's also other aspects there is the usually a clear-cut bad guy sometimes you can have someone who's maybe created an accident or something is trying to cover it up 
But there's also, it's not morbid. So there's no, uh, you know, disgustingness in terms of detailing the blood scenes and the grisly nature of it. It's, it's, it's usually somewhat lighthearted. So I would almost say this is for kids in a way as well because they can read this. And there's kids' versions of these types of things. The Fantastic Five, I believe, is what I used to read or, or something like The Five Kids and they would solve mysteries and do things like this as well. The, the main element, I guess, being the mystery, the suspense. So the suspense needs to be bearable as well. So these books, you'll, you'll find they're usually kind of thin. They're not going to be 2,000-page epics or 1,500-page epics like the uh, Les Miserables or something like that by Victor Hugo. No, it's, it's going to be a bit shorter because drawing out the suspense over that longer time period would be very, very difficult. And you don't also need to solve everything either. In this particular case, even the tiny details, which were we were unsure of, it kept getting repeated in the book. Like this actor, uh, this person did this thing. They, they tried to buy a painting for 50 uh, euros when in fact it was only for 20. And he should have known if he was uh, good at his job that that was in fact the case. And you were th- like the amount of times it popped up, you're thinking, man this is uh this is an important detail i gotta watch out for this and it gets solved right at the end and like and i'm talking about particularly the last page almost the last sentence that is when you go oh okay nice everything solved done we can uh clean my hands and go but i have read other books of these other versions where the mystery remains unsure and there is always a, a little element not the main one but a little element saying hmm what actually happened there? Was it a ghost? Did this person actually steal that thing? Uh, did they actually commit the murder on purpose or was it an accident? You know, all these sorts of little, little tiny details which make these books really, really fun. On to my personal observations and takeaways. I just mentioned one thing there, which is that they're fun. They're really nice, easy reads. Uh, I was reading this in the evening and it was just you know, a pleasure after a long, hard day. I don't want to be reading philosophy. I want to be just reading something sort of casual. And that's why I guess these books are great because you don't really need to analyze them. Yes, you need to use some problem solving if you're trying to figure it out. I actually didn't in this. I, I was reading it. I, I maybe spent like a couple of minutes thinking, oh, okay, who who is the main bad guy here? But honestly, with the way the book ended with the, I would say, three particularly different uh, main drivers of why people were doing things I, I had no idea like there was no way I was going to be able to guess that maybe if you read these books enough you can do that and it's almost becomes like crosswords or sudoku or problem solving whatever it is those sorts of things for me these books are more just fun and they're a, a light-hearted read another observation was that this really brought back some memories for me because when I was a kid so I'm talking probably the 10 to 15 range. I used to watch these shows with my mom, uh, particularly Hercule Poirot and Miss Marple. I would love them. We would have so much fun like analyzing it, discussing it, just watching the whole mystery unfold. And so not only are these books great just for reading and very fun in this context, but I remember having a lot of fun and enjoyment watching it as a kid as well. So I think a testament to the author and, well, I guess also the TV show as well, that they were able to create these these mysteries and then translate them across different mediums. So there is probably something within this about the complexity of human nature. Maybe it's maybe I learned some things about human nature watching this. Who knows? 
uh, which make it really enjoyable. So fun for reading and then also fun for viewing as well. So in summary, I found this quite enjoyable and I believe it's because it was fictional. I'm not too big into the true crime podcast, the real life horror stories of grisly murders and whatnot. That's a bit too morbid for me. I found it also to be the perfect length and it really satisfied my OCD of everything getting nicely tied up in a bow, all loose ends were corrected and it was like, yes, nice. I'm going to be slightly harsh in my rating because I do believe this could be a 10 out of 10 for some people. I believe this type of whodunit mystery series is like a better book could not be found. But for me, I guess you could say you'd notice I didn't do any themes in this book because if I tried to extract something from here, I'd really be grasping at thin air like there's not a whole lot to sink your claws into in terms of themes into looking into human nature and things i could translate out into my real life and whatnot so overall it was a very fun book i quite enjoyed it but i'm giving it a six out of ten peril at n house by agatha christie and that's it for today my mere mortal arts thank you for joining me to this part of the audio what do you think of Peril at Enhouse or perhaps even any book by Agatha Christie? Are you one of those people who's able to solve the crime before the very end, before the final dramatic entrance of Hercule Poirot or Miss Marple or any of those characters? Because I'm really interested to know, is it a time thing? Do you need more practice doing it? Do you get better at analyzing uh, human motives and nature? All those sorts of things are, are pretty fascinating. Uh, to do that, I would suggest sending me a boostergram so you can do that in a decent podcasting 2.0 app. Go to newpodcastapps.com. I'll also list out a couple, Fountain FM, Podfriend, Breeze. Those are a couple right there where you could do that and it comes directly to me uh, with a message and this is also a value for value podcast so uh, support of the show is very much appreciated and uh, towards the end of the month I, I do some call outs of the people who have supported and it's just a nice way of uh, being able to help this show go on forever because uh, I would like to keep doing this show forever but as daily life tries to creep in and bills and things like that it is uh, it's also necessary and um you know, if you got enjoyment from this show, I, I would appreciate if you can send some of the value back to me. Other than that, I really do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Hercule Poirot, out.